1: And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit nfl.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's nfl.com slash tickets. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Ah! Beanie Feldstein totally Mariah carried Leah Michelle. Jonah Hill has asked fans to stop talking about his body, whether they mean well or not. And we're talking with a couple teens from This Teenage Life about which TV shows they think do a good and bad job of depicting the teen experience.
0: It's October 14th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham.
1: And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, Casey, I don't know if you've heard, but there has been yet another development in this Letitia Wright madness on the set of Black Panther. Have you heard about this? Okay, I saw a headline, but give it to me, please. Okay, so in case you haven't heard, there was this article in The Hollywood Reporter that came out that said that Letitia Wright was on the set of Black Panther 2 spreading like anti vax conspiracy theories or sentiments, basically just objecting to the vaccine protocols that were being put in place. So that was obviously very controversial. Letitia has now come forward on Instagram and denied the report and said that she's, you know, a professional who's like focused on her job. She did not deny that she has uh, a strong anti-vax views, interestingly <laughs> enough.
0: Well, there we go. And I and I also, it's now just like a, a he said, she said situation. <laughs> so
1: <Yeah>. we'll see. <laughs> you know, like we we obviously were not there. We can't claim to know what happened. I will say like Hollywood Reporter is a pretty reputable publication that uh, probably wouldn't publish it unless they had a credible source behind mm, it. True, true. You know, the way she could really put this to rest is by saying that she got vaccinated. I'll, <laughs> I'll be very curious for that. All right, well, in other news, Beanie Feldstein has admitted that she was confused by all of the tweets about Leah Michelle after she was cast in the Broadway Funny Girl revival. In an interview with Andy Cohen on XM, Beanie said...
0: I didn't know that any of this was happening, by the way. And, and, and all of a sudden people started explaining
2: it to me. And I was like, wait, what? I don't, I don't even under like, I don't follow any. I don't understand. I didn't understand.
1: Beanie added that while Leah Michelle, quote, very sweetly congratulated her on Instagram, she doesn't quote know the woman whatsoever. So she really just pulled <laughs> oh, the Mariah Carey talking about J-Lo. I don't know her.
0: Um this made me cackle so much. Background for anyone who doesn't know, Leah Michelle would have loved to be the lead in Funny Girl like her dream all she could have wanted (laughs) and I think a lot of people make jokes about her and compare her to her character Rachel in Glee which was very cutthroat and would do anything for a role so the fact that Beanie got it everyone was making jokes about it and the fact that Beanie doesn't hasn't met her and didn't know anything about this just like made me laugh so much because oh my god rub salt in the
1: wound (laughs) I know really and the funny thing is like it, it would be like fair enough to read this as shade but I know because Beanie Feldstein is so sweet that it's definitely right. not intended. No, in it's shade. not at all. It's just she's trying to say the right thing, but it just ends up making it so much worse. It
0: does. It makes it worse because it's like, oh god, because <laughs> she didn't even know, and right. that's the worst. <laughs> All right. So Beanie's not the only member of her family to make news recently. On Wednesday, her brother, Jonah Hill. Yes. Never forget. They are brother and sister made a very reasonable request of his fans to stop making remarks about his body. He wrote on Instagram, quote, I know you mean well, but I kindly ask that you not comment on my body. Good or bad. I want to politely let you know it's not helpful and doesn't feel good. Much respect. This isn't the first time Jonah has talked about the way reactions to his appearance have affected him. In a previous Instagram post featuring a Daily Mail photo of him shirtless, he said he hadn't taken a shirt off at a pool until his mid-30s because of, quote, childhood insecurities that had been, quote, exacerbated by years of public mockery about my body by press and interviewers.
1: I mean, I feel like in the past uh, few weeks, we've just had a lot of celebrities coming forward with basically the same message of, please don't talk about my body in objectifying ways, whether you think think it's positive or negative feedback. I don't want to hear it either way. And I think that's like a really good message to send because you know, so often when someone loses weight, they will then receive so much praise heaped upon them which it may be well-meaning, but the implication is that like their body before wasn't good enough or something. And Casey, and I want you to talk about this again because you've talked to me about like the difference between body positivity and like moving away from that into body neutrality, I think you call it. Can you talk about that? Because I think this is like a very important point.
0: Uh, I mean, as someone else could speak to this better, but like what I've taken from it, it's just like, yeah, be proud of your fat body. And it's like, no, that's, that's maybe just like be neutral about it because you're not always going to feel good or bad about it. That's just feel neutral, feeling neutral. Like, this is the body you have, and some days you're going to feel good, and some days you're going to feel bad. And you know what I was thinking about while we were talking about this? It's like, it is good we have social media now for, in some ways, not always, that Jonah Hill can say this and speak out because really when we were seeing all this fat-shaming first uh, impacted me, would be like, you know, in the early 2000s when we're dealing with like Britney Spears and Paris Hilton, etc. And they didn't have social media to speak out against it and stuff like that, but the damage has already been done and this is the media and the media fat shames and so does the world and yes i you know i just i good for him and i hope that people stop talking about his body amen all right so moving on have you ever watched a show about teens and wondered wait is this how teens really act this can't be how teens really act, right? Okay, well, I certainly have. I know Steven has. Yes. So today we're talking to teenagers Chloe and Jade from the podcast This Teenage Life about which TV shows they feel accurately represent teen life, which ones don't, and what the people making these shows can do better. Hi, Chloe and Jade. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. So, you know, at BuzzFeed, we talk a lot about TV, like, all the time, which, of course, includes teen shows. But at the end of the day, all of these teen shows are written by adults. So I think it's all the more impressive when a teen show actually feels authentic. So I'd really just love to hear from both of you about the TV shows you think do a good or at least decent job of portraying the teen experience. Yeah, um, I think... Um, Chloe and I both
3: mentioned sex education. Um, I think there's an an authenticity about it. Um, in, in the sense of just like curiosity and, um, confusion that is kind of portrayed in a lot of the situations and like seeking sort of like guidance and like also wanting to be independent and on your own. And I think that they also do a really good job at like developing very complex relationships between characters um, that, and that the, the relationships are the story more than anything else. I
2: have to agree with Jade. I just feel like in sex education, they allow for more dynamic stories to unfold, and they don't rush in on focusing just on the drama of it all. Like They try and touch on serious issues as well as just um, familiar issues for other teenagers themselves, which I think is uh, more realistic than some of the other TV shows that are out there.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I mean, it's in the title, but it's called Sex Education, and he's basically trying to be a sex therapist at his school. So in terms of that and the drama around that, do you find that authentic or is that more just uh, it's a TV show? I think
2: on my personal end, I found it funny that they tried to make a business out of it. And, of course, I think sex education makes that point especially dramatic because that is the goal of the show. So maybe there's a little uh, stretched out far, but the idea that you're going to friends instead of adults right away for advice, I think hits that point well because I know for more personal things, or I'm usually going to ask like, my friend about something before I go to my parents and you know maybe their advice isn't that great, but they're the people I feel more comfortable with at the beginning.
1: Okay, so we are talking about shows that you think are doing a good job resonating with teens, but I'm also curious to know which shows do you think are, like, totally missing the mark?
3: All right, so um, one that I have talked about before has been Riverdale. Um, I think that, like, overall it's important to acknowledge that, like, there there are parts of that that are, like, obviously meant to be fictional. But then there are also a lot of pieces of it that I think are there not necessarily to, like, complement the comic book origins and are more there to, like, make it interesting. And they also apply to a lot of other shows about teenagers. And I think, like, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of the way that, like, sexual situations are portrayed and just like generally sexuality and that unlike sex education it has a very like you know they they kind of like know what they're doing know what they want and then there's also just like incredible amounts of drama that don't exist and don't make sense in real life and just like the the sort of general like determination in terms of like Yes, young people are determined, but like, There's a weird aspect to it of, like, how independent they are. And there's, like, not very many barriers, it seems, that are, like, put in their way. Not that I think that teenagers should necessarily always have barriers in their way for everything. But, like, the reality is that there are a lot of extra barriers that teenagers face whenever they want to do things. Like, in order for me to join the show today, I had to get my parents to sign a waiver. (laughs) And, like, and also something I think about a lot with shows that portray teenagers is that they like never have to do homework seemingly ever they always just like have plenty of free time um which which is not the case like throughout high school most people are unavailable a lot of the time because of school and other extracurricular activities and so i think that those things are all applicable in riverdale but also to most other shows about teenagers
1: Yeah. And Chloe, what shows are totally missing the mark for you when it comes to teens?
2: I think, well, I'm a sucker for Gossip Girl. I love that show, but it's not, it's not realistic at all. From my experience, there aren't, parties happening at big fancy clubs every weekend and somehow they're all getting great grades and fighting to get into Harvard and Yale like it's never been that case (laughs) and uh I just feel like that over um excitement over like going to these big fashion shows or having this drama that ensues like with revenge and stuff is not what's my high school experience or what it has been I think It's great for the drama, like I'll watch it for that, um, but never to actually feel related to the characters. And I just think all of them are super attractive. Whereas I don't know, for me, high school was a time of awkwardness and pimples and grossness that just needed to to be hidden. And uh, you have these flawless Blake Lively. It just to me is kind of uh, that's where I find the difference between the show and real life.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you say you're still a sucker for it. Because I guess one thing I'm wondering is, do you think it's actually a problem when these shows aren't really authentic to the teen experience? Or can you find yourself just enjoying Riverdale for the craziness that it is or gossip girl for like the you know the like the, the aspirationalness of that kind of a show do you still enjoy it even when you feel like this is not what it's like to be a teen at all
2: yeah completely 100 percent. it's my escape like i don't always need uh, to feel like i have a shoulder to rest on from the tv shows that i watch i'm usually watching it to completely escape maybe from
3: my own teenage woes I think that it's important to recognize that like most of the media we're consuming is not going to be representative of reality, but at the same time, like, I think it's like a two-way street. I think it's like, no, not all shows need to be depicting reality. But I also think that like, we need to be careful about what we portray as reality, especially, I, I think this is something that Chloe kind of brought up a little bit was like, it's not uncommon for like your teenage years to be incredibly awkward and you have to feel incredibly like uncomfortable and insecure. And I think part of that has to do with the way that teenagers are portrayed in media and in like being these like beautiful Blake Lively types that are in reality like played by adults and not only adults, but like adults who are objectively like
0: meeting the beauty standard. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll be right back to talk more about teen TV.
1: From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it
0: felt like to kill somebody. I started laughing. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. Picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability, when he got a hold of their neck, that was it.
1: I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer, that bears its name. How many
3: times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. One time. Just one time? He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her.
1: But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims.
2: We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go in the woods. It was just, to all of us, kind of strange you know how he feels about
1: prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello, I'm Minnie Driver. And on my podcast, Mini Questions, I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers like Blondie vocalist, Debbie Harry, journalist and television host, Jeremy Clarkson, editor-in-chief of Instar Magazine, Laura Brown, and creative juggernaut, Goldie. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with real-life teens Chloe and Jade about what does and doesn't make a good teen show. So, you know, before you guys came on today, we did, you know, we're kind of discussing what shows you like and don't like, and one of them that you do like is Freaks and Geeks because, you know, it nails the experience for you and older generations as well. And, you know, that's just... It's so interesting to me because I've been seeing on TikTok, too, that a lot of other people are watching Dawson's Creek for the first time and that's becoming popular again. And I'm just wondering, like, what is it about these older shows that really nail the current teen experience for you or do they not? And you're just like watching uh, what it was like decades before.
2: I personally love Freaks and Geeks because it hits the major topics of, I think, acceptance. Uh, as teenagers, we're always looking to find that group we feel like we belong to. Besides, like, our parents and stuff, we're looking for new people, new types of friendships and relationships, which feeds into crushes and you see the hits and misses in Freaks and Geeks where those awkward, I want to talk to you, but I can't, or I'm just too awkward. And I think also the bullying is still a thing, even though in Freaks and Geeks, it might've happened more in person than in the digital realm. It's still something that is on everyone's mind at some point in their life. And also just the fact that in Freaks and Geeks, there is the kind of questioning of what am I going to do with my future? You know, am I going to go to college or maybe I'm like going to take a little bit of time to explore those options. So I think just those major themes are like always going to be constant in any generation. Um, I think you have some of also some nostalgia where it's like, that's so comforting that times were so simple back then. And uh, even though I'm still a young person, I feel like I can look back and be like, oh, look at that, it was so simple.
3: Yeah, I think that, like, a thing with, like, older shows is definitely, like, an amount of nostalgia, both in, like, that seems nice and just kind of, like, getting away from the complex, like, technological world we have created, as well as, like, depending on when it was made, like, I I remember some things from, like, the early 2000s, and, like, that was that was when I was, like, growing up, so that just, like, feels very, like, familiar to me in childhood, like.
1: <laughs> so uh, one thing, okay, let's say a television writer came up to you and said, I've just been hired to write on, you know, uh, the, the hot new teen show. What's like your one piece of advice for how to write a true teen character in the year 2021? Uh, let's start with you, Jade.
3: I think that like more than anything, there's just needs to be a focus on like, the hard parts of life as well, like, like in reflecting on what makes each of these shows, um, so great is like sex education, atypical and freaks and geeks. They all have these parts of the shows that are not just like, like gossip girl where it's like, oh, we're going and clubbing on the weekends and like getting revenge. It's, it, they're like hard parts that definitely like resonate with, I think viewers, at least me, of like, oh, there's, like, these family conflicts and um, all sorts of, like, like inner conflict as well. And so just, like, if, if they want it to feel real and relatable, then, like, those, like, relationship tensions are going to be there.
2: Well, I think uh, for one aspect, I feel like more awkwardness, just more, the more I can laugh at myself or at the characters that portray realistic situations that are kind of cringeworthy, I think are something that make it feel just lighthearted in a way that's not so I put so much pressure on myself as like a teenager or you're going to high school and you think everything matters and then you see on the tv show oh this happened and it didn't matter at all like it was completely okay that they were this goofy weird quirky person I think also a lot of times in the tv shows they sometimes either omit teachers completely, or sometimes they make the kids and the teachers completely against each other. And I just don't think those are the only sides of teacher and student dynamics. I think seeing more of those teachers who want to help or those teachers who, yes, maybe give you a hard time, but like how you figure that out, just something more realistic about the adult and kid relationship. Because when you're in high school, you are learning how to be an adult. And I think the the role models you see in the classroom also influence that.
1: Yeah. And, And, you know, my question actually, then I have a part two, and I'll ask this again to both of you. Now, let's say someone comes to you and they say, I've just been hired as a casting director on the hot new teen show. What do you want to see in terms of the actors that are cast on these shows? And I don't mean like particular celebrities you want to see, but more like, When they're auditioning people, what kinds of of people do you want to see on screen?
2: I think I personally would like to see younger folks. I think there are certain TV shows that do hit them. Like on Freaks and Geeks, you see the ages are more similar to us in a way, or they just look maybe younger. Um, But I think when you have the older adults playing the teenage roles, they're obviously... But more attractive or they have just less appearance that's relatable to you. I think also just we've come a long way in TV shows where there's more diversity now, but I think there could be even more, especially with body shape or size. I just think it's helpful to see examples of real life people on TV shows.
3: I, I truly agree, agree with Chloe. The first thing that comes to mind is like more realistic representation of what being a teenager looks like. I think that again, a lot of these shows, they cast adults that are not only just like adult people that are like 18, 19, but like literally mid to late 20s, which there is like a very noticeable physiological difference in any individual's development between like 15 and 25. and so I think that like that's important and it's understandable for like a plethora of reasons to want to employ like people who are adults there are less barriers with that as like it goes for production but like trying to get people that are closer to maybe 18 19 20 and also again with like more Um, diverse looking people. So not, not only just like having a, a a diverse cast in, in terms of background, but also in terms of like what they look like. And um, I think one thing in particular that I, I always think about in terms of representation of teenagers is in pretty much any production, you will not see a character that has any acne, like ever, and that is such a central like point of the teenage experience for so many people, including myself. And um, it just when when you're young, like I remember being like, this isn't normal. Like, no one else is is experiencing this. And then that wasn't helped by like the way that it's portrayed on media. So
1: all right well if our listeners want to hear more from chloe and jade and you should because as you can tell they're very insightful you should definitely check out their podcast called this teenage life which features authentic stories about the issues affecting teens chloe and jade thank you so much for joining us today
0: thank you so much it was a pleasure
1: yeah thank you for having us this was super fun
0: All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us
1: tomorrow. And remember, stop commenting on people's bodies.
0: Yes, please. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound
1: stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Look for your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
0: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service
1: and the Ad Council.
3: Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever
2: you get your podcasts.